Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. From the Dark, I'm your host, Barnaby, and we are down at the Chicago Paranormal Convention in Summit, Illinois. Mr. Jack Chavez is running it. Uh, you should know him. He's been on our show. Uh, he talked about, like, rakes and pale night crawlers. And uh, today with me, we got Ma. Hi. How you doing, Ma? I'm okay. Good. 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 Still alive. Still awake. Very good. So, uh, on the show today, we have a, uh, another podcast. Uh, and uh, he's going to be starting off things. I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself and uh, tell you about what he does and his podcast. All right, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and uh, tell us about your show. Oh, my name is uh, James Whalen. I'm the host of the Gansfeld Files podcast. Um, started about uh, two years ago uh, when me and a friend of mine were just playing around with the Gansfeld experiment, um, which is you take a ping pong ball, cut it in half, and you put one on each eye, you shine a red light on the ping pong balls, and you listen to white noise. So we started doing that. Some weird stuff started happening. I started to hear voices and whispers in the, in the white noise. Someone, like an entity or ghost, like came and walked up next to me. And I was like, well, we got to make this into a podcast. <laughs> we got we to gotta do this. So, and since we got about 13 episodes now, um, it, some, sometimes it gets really, really weird. It gets spooky. Like I, I once saw this Baphomet type creature in my mind. It was like covered in eyeballs, um, which is super strange. Freaked me out. So I had, I had to jump out of the session and take the headphones off. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've... We tried it a bunch of times. We haven't gone like out into the field or, or to any haunted locations yet. We mostly just do it in my apartment, which is probably not responsible. So <laughs> <laughs> bring it home with you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and it's something that people can do um, at home. It's very low tech. You just need red light, um, ping pong balls, and white noise. Um, but I will suggest that you uh, do some protection before you do it. You know, have some sage or something on standby. So. Yeah. Thanks for uh, you know letting me come on and yeah, say yeah, hello. definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, w- why did they originally start doing that? Do you know like the history of the the original experiment and stuff? So originally it was a um, sensory deprivation experiment okay. in uh, the 1930s. Uh, Wolfgang Metzger came up with that to uh, just test sensory deprivation in humans. But in the 1970s, it was Charles Honerton who tested uh, telepathy. So he had one person in one room looking at uh, a picture of something and then somebody um, with the Gansfeld set up in a different room. So they were supposed to figure out like what that person was seeing on the picture. So and then they would test the accuracy. So but that's that's pretty much all they did with the experiment. Now, like me and uh, a couple of friends of mine are, are taking it a little bit further and we just have one person doing it without the uh, the sender. So we're just have the receiver and. It gets uh, gets wild, you know. <laughs> it's kind of kind of like remote viewing, kind of a little bit, because mm-hmm. you're you have the, the person with uh, whatever they're trying to look at, and then the the receiver trying to, to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I have done that a little bit of uh, remote viewing stuff. So I, what I would do is uh, 
I have a picture inside a manila envelope, mm-hmm. and the person who is in the Gansfeld, they don't know what it is. So I've had them like psychically view what's inside the envelope, and we've had some pretty good results with that as well. There's something about um, the Gansfeld experiment that uh, assists in your like psychic abilities. So if you're someone who who's not a natural psychic, you can still have like this ESP uh, type thing yeah, experience. Yeah, I think everyone is is capable of it. Oh, you absolutely. know, it's it's just a matter of figuring out how to unlock it, and you know, getting it. You know, like any other muscle, you gotta uh, exercise it and expand it and stuff, and, and get it yeah. to work better. Yeah, my the most recent uh, uh, thing we did, I was contacted by aliens which is weird to say out loud i mean you know <laughs> every time i say that i'm like man <laughs> but yeah i was uh, i was doing the session and suddenly i was surrounded by these like these beings or entities and um they were showing me their their city like where they live and, and apparently they were doing an experiment on their side as well and they're, they were all like cheering and clapping as they're like oh yeah it worked you know they can't believe it so that was one of our uh, weirder experiments. So there's been like ghosts, there's been like kind of dark entities, and there's also been aliens. So, I mean, I, I believe in the whole unified field theory. Like you guys have the, the cryptids and anomalies and stuff. So, yeah, I believe in that. So what did, what did the aliens look like? Um, one I could really only make out. Well, most of them are wearing like, it looked like they had masks on. And the masks had these like portholes on the right side. So they had like these little, I guess there was eyeballs in there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but there's like glass portholes on the like three of them on the right hand side of each mask. And I at the time I, I couldn't tell if they were like ceremonial masks or if they were like functional masks, like to help them breathe or something. I don't, I'm not sure, but that's been the uh, the thing about this podcast is like I have a lot of questions and no answers. <laughs> just exploring really cool so so how does the how does the podcast work like obviously they can't watch you do it so how is how is it uh translated from visual to the audio um so when we do we'll we'll start off like recording and then you know i'll introduce a guest and then they'll go into the gansfeld experiment and then i'll uh just record them on audio sometimes i do video i also have a youtube channel that like i Mm. i put some videos up there um, and then after they do their session, I usually do like a 15-minute session. Mm-hmm. Once they come out of it, then we discuss like what they saw. So at some point, I'd like to get like a sketch artist to come in and like you know draw some stuff that, that we saw. That'd be know. really cool. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I actually uh, one of the past uh, episodes we just had on uh, the show here, I, I talked about I went to um, Vernal, Utah, to a convention. And there was a guy there that did these psychedelic trips, oh. but it was through light, yeah. kind of similar to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, you just had your eyes closed, yeah. and there was a white strobe light mm-hmm. and uh, like music playing, and the, the strobe light would change like the, the patterns in your eye and stuff yeah. and, and cause you to have these like hallucinogenic experiences and stuff. And anybody that's listening to our show, go back and listen to that episode. But um, so... You said that you use red light, though. Yeah, we only we use red light, um, and that's pretty much all we do with that. Um, you can use white light. Uh, it sounds like he had a, a different kind of setup, but but very similar uh, effects that would happen. But 
I primarily use Red Light because that's what they used back in uh, the 70s. So I'm, I'm basically just copying the, uh, what the original experimenters were doing. Um, I've noticed that the um, something to do with the, the, the band of Red Light has less okay. interference psychically. You know, and that's my very basic knowledge of, of how that works. So that's why we use it. We could try different colors. Um, we could try a white light. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I'm probably going to get into it. I also, we did, once we did like a strobe effect, and uh, that uh, was a little bit jarring. <laughs> so we don't really do it that much. I was, was going to yeah. ask if you had the red light on solid or if it was like the strobe was. Yeah, usually it's it's on solid, but some, sometimes we do a strobe and it, uh, it can be kind of aggressive. But you still see things, you know. Um, I've, I've seen like fractal patterns when I do it and uh, other friends have seen like like snakes but they're in a fractal kind of pattern you know so yeah interesting stuff yeah, definitely yeah cool yeah, totally. where where um, where can people find you like um, want to listen to it or watch your videos and stuff uh, you can find me on YouTube I'm on uh, Instagram uh, just search for the Gensfeld files podcast on Instagram. I'm also on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts. Cool. Can so, you spell yeah. that for people listening? Uh, yeah, it's a. I got to I got to <laughs> There it is. It's a G A N Z F E L D Files podcast. So it's a Gansfeld. So if you also awesome. Google the Gansfeld experiment, um, you'll see that too. You'll see the spell. Yeah. If you want to know more, you can read up on it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's me. Definitely. So, yeah, we'll put cool. the, the links in the show notes for everyone, but some people driving and listening and stuff, it's easier just to, to hear it spelled out. So I always oh, yeah, like to, to get that in there for people too. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming out and uh, yeah, hope man. you're having a good day at the show here. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Thank All you. Right. Thank you very much, man. Right. Whispers from the Dark will be right back after this quick message from our sponsors. Winter is just around the corner, and it will be here before you know it. Are you or someone you know sick of dealing with snow? Are you paying an outrageous amount for snow removal every time it snows? Look no further than Eric's Winter Services for all your snow removal and snow hauling needs. That's not all. They also do lawn care, landscaping, and tree trimming. To get an estimate, contact Eric at 920-255-8592 or email ericswinterservices at gmail.com. Like them on Facebook at Eric's Winter Services, serving Wisconsin's Fox Valley area. Eric's Winter Services. Snow flurries, no worries. If you're a fan of the paranormal world, then you'll love WLTKDB Talk Radio. Talk shows bringing you the latest on everything paranormal, cryptozoological, metaphysical, true crime, psychic readings, and more. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB. How are you doing? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Robert Gelfin. Um, I go on to a lot of uh, haunted investigations in the Chicagoland area. Um, I've been into the paranormal ever since I was a kid. 
you know, I'd listen to like Coast to Coast AM and, you know, or my dad would listen to it and then I'd listen to it, you know, subsequently. And that just got me into like ghosts and cryptids. I really loved cryptids growing up. Um, I did have a few like ghost experiences growing up where like uh, I'd be at my grandma's house and um, there'd be these like, I'd have these weird dreams of like walking around her house, but I wasn't sleepwalking. It was just like these visions. Um, doors would move on their own. Um, there was this one back room that was like turquoise. I always had a really nasty feeling in there. It was like an unfinished uh, bathroom. Hmm. And um, I know that like the TV would turn on on its own. You turn it off and it'd turn back on. There were weird stuff with the phones. Uh, that stuff I don't really remember as well. That was more so my parents that remembered that happening. Um, but that was some of the first paranormal stuff I dealt with. But I, at the time, I wasn't even fully sure that was happening until years later looking back. Um, then I would go on a ghost investigation with some people I knew at work. Um, and there was one time where we didn't see anything there, but I said, I hope nothing follows me home. And at that second, uh, a red dot was seen over my head. And uh, when I went home, there was this little like bird skeleton I had. It was like a Halloween decoration. Mm -hmm. And um, it was on a windowsill, and the, this window would not open. There's no air vent or anything that would push it. It was like all the way across the other side of the room. And uh, that really freaked me out. Um, but then my sister would get a haunted doll, um, and she brought it back home. And th th there was so much that happened, I, I don't want to, you know, take too long to go over it. Oh, go ahead. Take your time. Oh, okay. Well, um,. I remember there was Wi-Fi issues. Um, there was the, the my lights were kept going out. Like it'd be one light, like I think it was one light. Like I had three lights on a, a lamp I had. One went out, and then a few hours later, I think another went out. And then I asked my sister if she could ask the haunted doll if like the doll was doing it, and the doll said yes. And how she asked the doll yes or no questions was um, she'd use this like uh, necklace and it would swing one way for yes, one way for no. Kind of like a pendulum. Yeah, it was a pendulum. Um, but she used uh, something that her grandma gave her, which was like a devil's horn. It's some Christian thing. I, I really don't know too much about that, but it's some Christian thing. And uh, I, the ghost said. It was doing it, and I asked, you know, could you please not do that? Like, let me have at least one light so I have a light one in my room. And so the ghost said yes, and then that one remains. Um, the animals in my house acted weird, my cats, uh, especially Simba. And um, later on, that necklace disappeared, and we were looking everywhere for it. And so we started asking the haunted doll yes or no questions as to the location of where the necklace was. And uh, I remember there was one point where I was, I got a flashlight and I was going to look under the TV. And the flashlight basically died almost immediately. And then I turned around to look at my sister. And I saw this like white dot, like dart away from me. And that really uh, freaked me out. Um, then, I, I was, oh yeah, then uh, we went in the basement because it led us into the basement. And we were just kind of getting lost as to where this necklace was. And then we asked for a sign, and then my cat Simba came downstairs, and he was acting really weird. And uh, I think we came to the conclusion that he was kind of fighting the spirit, like he didn't really want to listen to what it was saying. Eventually he just laid down uh, upstairs, but it was, it was a weird night. It was a really weird night. And when that, when that ghost was there, I remember the first time I saw that haunted doll, I think his name was Mandy. Um, like, it's the only doll I've ever seen where like my eyes hurt when I saw it. Like, it, it felt like there were, like, rays, I don't know how to describe it, like, my whole eyes hurt, my sockets hurt. And so that, that was probably one of the craziest experiences I had. Halloween, everybody was 
Um, but then years later, I would be with, uh, you know, I'd meet Mike, um, and we'd start going on ghost investigations. We went with a couple different ghost groups. Uh, eventually, uh, we met uh, Jack, Jack Chavez, who's running this con. And then uh, he started, like, introducing us to different places, and we'd go there. And um, I don't know, like, the past, I have to say, like, two years, I've had a, a bunch more experiences, too. Like, uh, there was one time where I was in, uh, I think it was Fowler, the Fowler Theater. And uh, I was walking to a group of people, and uh, I turned around, and I, I saw, like, this, uh, or no, I was, I was walking towards them, and I saw this person that was crouching down. And I thought it was just someone, you know, getting their stuff, their supplies and bag. And so, as I was turning around, I was like, wait, something didn't look right about that. So I looked back at it, and it looked like this little boy, is what it looked like to me. It was like solid black, and it was like crouched down between like the aisle, sort of at the end. And then it, it's a little hard to explain it, like went down and then into the aisle. And that really freaked me out, because I've never seen anything like that before. Like that was another level. And um, I didn't tell anyone at first. I just kind of shook, and I went to the group, and they were just talking to each other. So I actually went to the owner, or the, or the guy who's running the tour or whatever. Or I think he's the owner of the museum, or the uh, theater. theater. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he said there was a little girl that sometimes plays tricks on people there. So, I, I mean, I thought I saw a boy, but it could have. It was, looked like a child. So that was really freaky to me. Um, and then the second apparition encounter I had was um, I was at Indiana State Sanatorium and uh, I think uh, our group investigated it not long after some uh, big TV show investigated it I don't know because uh, we were there really early before a lot of the renovations and um, I, I there was this there's this area where these four hallways meet and we had some equipment there so there was some like lighting there and uh, I remember I was down one of the hallways and we were all investigating in each and one of the hallways. And uh, I was just doing like an EVP thing and I was using the Flux 2 to try to contact spirits with my friend Mike. And then I, I turn and I see this like hunched over figure dart from one, uh, one hallway to the next. And it almost like freeze framed when I saw it. It was really strange and the best way I can describe it is uh, I feel goofy saying this, but it was like the, the Loveland Frogman. You know that like picture you see on uh, when you search Google, Loveland Frog? Um, that's what it looked like. It was like exactly like that, uh, but it was solid black. And it just like darted. And what was really cool about that experience was later on I would find out uh, one of the other investigators actually saw the same thing, but we hadn't talked to each other yet about it. We just told each other's, you know, uh, sectioned off groups about it. So when we met later on, we realized, oh my, we, we saw the same thing. She said it was more like an old man is what she saw. So she must have got a better look than I did. But that, 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 that was crazy to me. That was one of the craziest. Um, yeah, that, that was probably the, uh, a good summary of like the experiences I've had. I've had like a few others of like disembodied voices. Um, I got scratched at, um, I think it's the, the funeral home in Cicero, where I first met uh, Jack. Um, and actually my friend Mike got scratched too, he got scratched first. So the ghost was telling him to stay out of the room and then eventually he you know, walked into the room and so then he started feeling an immense pain and we saw the scratches forming on his back. And a similar thing happened with me. Um, I, hadn't ghost, I stopped ghost hunting for about like seven months and then I started up again with uh, Jack and Mike. 
And then um, I was getting a little frustrated because we weren't, like the whole night, there was not a single shot of evidence. There was just nothing we were getting. So I was getting a little more testy with the spirit there. I, I know it's bad, I know it's bad. But, you know, I was tired and, you know. And then all of a sudden I feel this immense pain on my back when I was asking it questions. And um, I, I like, did, is this happening? Or, and then I went to Mike and I asked, hey, can you shine like a flashlight? And then sure enough, there were scratches forming. And then I, I asked the spirit, you know, did you do this? And this was the only response we ever got that whole night. It said yes on the, the flux too. It lit up green, which meant yes. So that, that was probably another crazy event I had. But yeah, that, that was just like a handful of them. Uh, Sounds like you've had a, uh, a bunch of experiences there. Yeah, I've, ne I've never actually like set them all together before, so it's mm -hmm. nice to have them all together there. Um, the only the only one other one I could think of was uh, at Randolph. Um, that was one of the first investigations I went on with like a group, and I felt like this uh, finger like tap, this like coldness on my back and my neck, like someone poked me, and I thought there was a camera back there, so I'm like, okay, I bumped into the camera, but it was actually farther back than I thought. So that was the another experience I had. But, yeah, I've, I've I've had quite a few, uh, more than I realize, I guess. Like I, I don't know that. I don't know, but... I always find it interesting when I, when I go back to work on the weekdays, you know, and they're like, oh, did you do anything interesting this weekend? And I think, and I went, well, I went looking for Bigfoot, saw a UFO, and I did a paranormal investigation. No, that's that's the same. That's It's a typical weekend for me. And then I, after, after a while, you start to realize that uh, this isn't a normal life. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. um, you know, like, this, this isn't normal, and wow I, I really do do some weird things you know and it, it starts to get really interesting you know so like you said yeah it's 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 so interesting uh, like you said with uh, talking to people about it because a lot of times people either think like whoa that's a little you know out there or they'll all of a sudden start opening up about it mm -hmm. it's it's really crazy you never really know until you start talking to the person yeah definitely I don't know if you saw my trailer out there and my car oh, yeah. has all the stickers and everything. And on the way down here today, we stopped at uh, the well, Lake Forest Oasa. And I got out of the car and this uh, like sprinter van or whatever is parked behind us. And the guy waves me over. And uh, I you know, walk over to him because you know, obviously I have this weird looking vehicle and stuff. And <clears throat> um, he goes, uh, hey, I just want to let you know I'm from Oregon and uh, we live out of this van. And this one time, I was driving down the road, <laughs> and I swear we had Bigfoot at the side of the road. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and, and like you said, you know, you, you start opening up about this stuff. You put the, the stickers on the vehicle and stuff, and you get these experiences. People come through, and they want to talk to you. And that's, that's super cool that, you know, like, people are willing to share about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's important that people get their stories out there, you know. It helps us understand the phenomenon better. And that they have somebody to talk to. You know, right. a, lot, a lot of the times there's such stigma about this that people think that they're, you know, um, you know, gonna be ridiculed or something for bringing it out. You know, and yeah, I, I used to not like to talk about uh, my sister having the haunted doll because you know that was such a a weird thing to me. My parents were not happy when they found out about that, so I used to kind of just keep that a little hidden. But now I, I like to talk about it because I think that's. Uh, it really was such a fascinating experience that happened. And, I mean, she had other haunted dolls, but I don't think they were really haunted. I think that one specifically, uh, Mandy, I think that one was haunted. 
So all that stuff that you had said about the, the necklace disappearing in the cat, that was all one night? That was all one night, yeah. Okay, because I was, I was kind of picturing it being like a series of events, but so the, the lights and everything was all that one night. Yeah, um, I think the lights might have been, it was, I'd say really it was a span of two, three days. Like it was, a, it was actually pretty rapid in how those events happened. Um, I really wish I knew where that doll went. I was um, just going to ask you. <laughs> she, uh, last I heard, she gave it to, um, to uh, Goodwill. So I really, do, I don't think she believes in the, the ghost stuff anymore. I don't know why personally. But I don't think she really believes in that stuff as much anymore. So she ended up just, you know, giving it to a Goodwill. And I really wish, uh, I mean, I don't, not that I'd want a haunted doll in my house, but I really wish I knew where that doll was because, you know, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, so, you don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. I th it you know what? It described itself as a, a gin, actually. Okay. Um, do you know anything, like, what that would mean? I, I do know what gins are. Do you? Yeah, but um, like, how would that how would that relate to the doll? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, it's kind of like you know if you're you're bringing in the energy to anything, you know, a, a gin is supposedly you know like um, like a where you get the idea of a genie. So okay. you know these these things there's there's all different kinds of them. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of lore and stuff about gins, not just there's there's different kinds of them. They're almost like elementals in a way, okay. but they're supposed to be very like trickster and kind of very yeah. powerful entities, uh, depending which ones that you interact with. But that, the blue gin, are where you get the idea of the genie of the magic lamp and stuff. Okay. So, so that's where that lore comes from. And they supposedly, like some of them can grant you wishes, the blue ones, uh, for example. Um, I'm, I'm not... I'm not 100% like up on my gin lore and stuff, but I do know, like I said, they're, they're powerful, they're, they're like elemental spirits in a way. They can attach themselves to things, like you said. Uh, different cultures, basically, instead of saying that there's uh, ghosts, they call everything gin. Or instead of having fairy creatures, they're gin. You know, um, I can't remember who it was that was talking about this. Uh, I wanna say it was Chris Fleming. Uh, was talking about how he'd do these investigations and the house is supposedly haunted, but then you go there and they're like, oh no, these are jinn. And, and that's, that's what these people believe, the different religions and stuff. So It's interesting. Yeah, that, that could explain it. Um, I, I also remember, because I, I actually did ask the doll some questions. I'm glad I did. I asked if it remembered where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, it, the necklace kind of went crazy. And then I asked, is it just hard to explain? Like, it's hard for us to comprehend. And it said yes. Um, it apparently says it takes 20 years for it to switch from doll to doll. So every 20 years it switches. I don't know if you ever, has that ever happened? I, I haven't heard any kind of story or anything like that. But uh, okay. it's possible. Okay, because that was another weird thing I remember. And then the, the last thing was... Uh, I remember she liked it when she was put on like the window so she could see like storms coming by or like the weather but she likes storms the most hmm. interesting so. we uh we did actually investigate a haunted doll and uh the doll did not like it being left alone really yeah it, it liked to be part of the middle of everything it wanted to be in like the like you know like on display in the, the main room of a house 
so that uh, it, it felt like it was a part of it. And uh, I believe the spirit that was attached to that was like of a little girl. Okay. So. That's really interesting. When, uh, when was that investigation? Uh, that was uh, over Christmas, New Year's of last year. Okay. So... We actually had uh, one of our team members actually owns it. It's on one of our uh, episodes, uh, Ruby, one of our academy members. She actually owns the doll, and uh, she brought it to Bean Snappers, where we do the tours and stuff. And uh, we did a whole investigation one night while they were open with this doll upstairs and had all the equipment. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, whenever we'd go upstairs to check on the doll, uh, it was quiet. Everything was fine. And when we walked away, all the equipment spiked. Really? So it was like it knew we were leaving and it, it didn't want us to leave, you know, and stuff like that. Wow. Um, I actually took the doll home because uh, we did an EVP session with it and all this stuff. And uh, Ruby was concerned with what was on this evidence because obviously we hadn't seen it. So she wanted me to take the doll home overnight and stuff for the week until I could analyze what was there. And um, I brought the doll home and um, there's uh, my bedroom upstairs then a hallway and then there's the the caps office where we keep all of our stuff and equipment and computers and that and then uh, the end of the hall is the bathroom and um, I, I brought the doll in and I laid it out on the, the desk in the caps office and I took some pictures of it and I said okay good night you know I'm gonna leave now yeah. and I walked out of that room down the hall and then into my room and I was taking off my watch and stuff and putting it on the counter there and from out in the hall, I hear a little voice, and it goes, Mommy? And um, I, I can't tell you that it was the doll or what this was, but um, I heard it. And uh, I finished t uh, putting away the stuff that I was going to do, and I walked back in there, and I turned on the light, and I checked. I, I laid out the doll in a way that I could check if it moved. Right. And uh, I made sure that it was sitting right where I had left it and everything. And I went, all right, uh, your mommy's not here, but you're going to see her again soon, so don't worry. And uh, I, I turned the light off and I went to bed and I went, that's the end of that. So. Wow. But that was my experience with, with uh, Ruby's Haunted Doll. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to be really startling to hear the voice all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I, I moved into my house uh, in 2007, and I still live in the same house. And I, I've never had paranormal activity there ever since I moved in up until I started poking at it. Uh, yeah. In 2019 was the first time that I started having activity, and uh, it was to the point where um, I, I was packing up for when we were doing the investigations of the Burlington Woods, our first ever stuff. Right. And uh, I had stuff in my kitchen like fly. I had like bottles oh, uh, that were on the counter, like empty soda bottles, and they'd fly off the counter and land on the floor and stuff. And I was like, uh, hey, you know, if that's you, you know, uh, you know, um, make this stuff light up. You know, if you're going to bother me, you're going to do it on camera, you know. Yeah. And um, it wouldn't do it. And it got so intense that night that I heard something running down the hallway upstairs. And then what sounded like thumping down my staircase right next to me where I was in the living room. And I swear to God, something was going to come down that staircase and I was going to see it. And uh, I stared at it and nothing happened. And that's, that's when I got out the equipment and I, I got the EMF meters out and I got the cameras. And I said, all right, you know, you want to make noise, you want to scare me, you want to do whatever, do it now. You got something to say, you know, let's have it. 
Otherwise, I'm busy. You know, leave me alone. And uh, it, it got pretty weird at my house for a little while. And I ended up getting, I saged, I uh, palo santoed, and I sweetgrassed the entire house. Uh, upstairs, basement, attic, first floor, the entire house. Um, and then I got a salt lamp. And that thing's been running ever since. Probably uh, a salt lamp? A salt lamp, yep. It, it, it clears the ions in the air and kind of purifies its protection and stuff. Um, so Himalayan salt is supposed to be, you know, like salt. It, it banishes bad spirits and stuff. And uh, I put that in my bedroom. And uh, I haven't had too much weird stuff after that. But outside my house, I have. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. Do you have to continuously keep up with the sages to make sure there's no further if I If I go somewhere that's uh, weird and uh, I don't feel good coming back from it, I will sage... And I will sage like some of the equipment and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I only sage like once in a while when I, I get ambitious to do it. But, but okay. like I said, my house is, is pretty clean. Nothing usually comes into it and, and bothers me. But well, that's good because it's always a little uh, disturbing to have anything like follow you back or like start messing with your life. I don't know how people live in uh, some of these haunted houses when they describe like what's going on. Like, I've heard some crazy stories where I'd be like, I, I would have tried selling the house by now. But well, we had, uh, I don't know if you've watched all the episodes or not, but we did uh, Documenting Fear was one of the worst cases that we've ever dealt with. Really? Um, yeah, you can check it out. It's on our YouTube, Documenting Fear. It's about a family in Kenosha, and they called us in because they thought they were going crazy because they had all this weird activity and stuff in their house, and uh, they just want someone else, a third party, to come in and see what happened. And we went there, and we had a few things happen throughout the, the night and stuff, but nothing too extreme. You know, the, the typical whatever. Yeah. And uh, we went back home and went over all the audio, and we had full conversations of wow. things talking to each other. Like, not, not to us, but two or more entities talking to each other on camera. Whoa. So, yeah, they, they actually were moving out of that house. They were going to... Uh, it was a, a rental duplex, and they moved out of the house and uh, went to stay at a hotel. So That's crazy. Yeah. Documenting fear. I'll, I'll definitely have to give that a watch. I mean, that, the fact that they were thinking they were going crazy, like that, that had to have had a big mental toll on them oh, yeah. living there. Yep. They, were, they were saging their house multiple times a day. They put holy oil. They got it, and uh, they put little holy oil crosses all over their house and stuff and I mean there was there was a lot of stuff going on there it was it was insane wow. yeah it's a strange weird world out there <laughs> yeah it is it's like right when you think you understand everything there's just a curveball thrown at you and then it just completely dismantles everything you know now there's so many so many questions of you know of, of what's going on and stuff and every time you even get close to answering one it leads to like 10 20 more questions so you never really get an understanding yeah um i actually you know what i do have a question for you yeah um so it's kind of speculative but do you think ghosts are what do you think ghosts are specifically well that's a deep question <laughs> i know I, I would I would have to say that there are multiple things because like we were talking about with the djinn, I don't think that every ghost is a ghost and I don't think that every 
demon is you know paranormal and i don't think that you know there's a lot of things there's elementals there's yeah. you know fey creatures and you know all this stuff i i would believe that um there are ghosts that your spirit lingers on in some cases uh sometimes as a shadow of who you were you know residual or sometimes as interactive where we've had cases but again you know who's to say that you know the the spirit that knows everything about you and claims to be your grandma isn't something else that's yes that that's exactly what i was thinking because um i mean truth be told like we don't really know what they are like a lot of people they make the conclusion before they reach to that conclusion they already have it made up in their mind whether it's like religious or scientific or whatever their view of the paranormal is or ghosts i should say specifically but i mean in reality like we do these ghost tours all the time right like everyone does these ghost tours what if this thing it could be an animal it could be uh i've heard people say aliens i've heard crazy stuff before but it could be something that's just mimicking what it's heard or mimicking being something you're familiar with like in all reality we don't really know what they are so that's why i'm always curious what people you know think of them because it really could be anything we know they're there we know some of the things they do and some of the things they're attracted to and you know in some regards how uh how they may feel about things that makes sense especially with like the haunted doll aspect Mm -hmm. but we still don't really know fully what they are are they deceased people are they i I agree with your uh, conclusion a lot more where it's kind of a bunch of different things um i don't know what name you would apply to them but i definitely agree with that more that's why when, when we get called in to do investigations and stuff, like people say, well, I have a ghost in my house. Can you help me get rid of it or something? And I'm like, well, I don't know that it's a ghost. Or what should I do about it, you know? Right. Well, I'm not going to tell you to sage your house to get rid of something, you know, if I don't know what that something is. So until we can go in and poke at it a little and see what happens and, and what it wants to do and that, there's, there's no way I can tell you, you know, what to safely do, you know? Because, you know, sage and, you know... Uh, all this stuff, you know, it's great for certain things, but it can also tick off a lot of other things right. or not have any effect at all. And now here's here's this entity that, uh, you know, it, it's a bad energy or whatever, and you sage your whole house, and it goes, ha-ha, all right, I'm just going to go hide for two weeks, and then I'm going to come back and F your stuff up, you know? Yeah. And, and it had nothing to do, the sage had no effect, but it pretended to, you know? Right. But so, I mean... All you can do is research, you know, gather evidence, see what happens, and, and see where things go, because at the end, you, you really don't know what something is, you know. Are there any specific, like, uh, books you would recommend for research, or maybe uh, on per- sites? Personally, I, I can't recommend anything like that. I don't have a lot of time to read. Okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, but if it's not... Um, it's not on audiobook. I, I don't have time to sit down and read. I'm at conventions or doing podcasts or doing investigations, and That's I feel true. it's important to get out there and, you know, like we're doing now and talk to actual people and stuff. But um, uh, if you're into Bigfoot, I highly recommend Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. Uh, that is a very scientific, very awesome uh, uh, show. And um, for Paranormal, I really like Chris Fleming. Uh, I can't think hey. do you know what do you know what Chris Fleming's podcast is I'll look it up 
I, I would say uh, Chris Fleming's podcast, though, is very good. I've listened to some of the episodes of that, and um, he's he's very intelligent, very good guy. All right, I'll definitely have to look into his. Uh, he said he has a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a YouTube, um, a podcast. Oh, okay. Is it on uh, Spotify? It is on. Um, it's on Apple Podcast. And I know it's on Spirit Talk. Spirit Talk? Spirit Talk with Chris Fleming. Okay, yeah, I can start listening to that. So that's that's definitely, um, he was actually on uh, Whispers from the Dark as well. Oh, really? So uh, we, we interviewed him down at the Janesville Paranormal uh, Metaphysical Convention. And yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's got a great podcast, uh, great guy, super cool. He's from Chicago, so he lives right here wow. um, where we are today. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely check him out. Um, I, I can't really recommend any other ones off the top of my head. So, no, that's okay. It's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I definitely want to branch out and start like listening and reading the more uh, stuff related to that. I, I will also give a shout out to Paranormal Almanac. Uh, I think I've listened to them before. Awesome, Kurt Savig, Sandvig. Sorry, buddy. Kurt Sandvig is awesome. Uh, I was just on his 200th episode. Uh, and he was just, uh, he just came out on an episode of one of our shows as well. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, and he's, he's a very broad spectrum of things. Everything from Bigfoot to paranormal and stuff. And uh, he'll, he'll get you a lot of information. Not so much the technical, but stories and legends and stuff like that. So if you're looking for something to, to diving board off and to deep dive into, he's, he's great for that. All right, I definitely will. Cool. Um, there's all right. There's one more thing. <laughs> yeah, just buddy. like this one more, and then yeah, I know. No, no, you're fine. Um, so I heard this crazy theory. I just want to see what you think of it, or if you've heard of it. It's about the dog man in general. Okay. Um, some people were saying that their idea of where it came from was there's this animal called a maned wolf. Yep. Uh, it has these like really. I know long a maned wolf. Yep. Yeah, they say that that thing eventually made its way north and got bipedal. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> What do you think of that one? Because that was one crazy, uh, or out there, I should say, uh, theory someone had. Well, that would be great if they were only down in, like, Texas and stuff. Um, Maine wolves are from South America. Right. And uh, they're reddish. They're really cool animals if you don't, if you, if you haven't seen one of these. Um, but uh, I don't think that's what a, a dog man is. That's kind um, of, I, I agree, but I just wanted to see your opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they're really cool animals, but uh, I don't think so. I honestly, man, I, I hate to say it because they're supposed to be cryptids, but I think there might be something more paranormal to the dogman aspect. I completely agree, because of that guy in the Bray Road. Um, Lee Hample? I think so. It's, it's, he's, he caught, like, mists and, I think, UFOs. Yep, yeah, Lee oh. Hample. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. As I pull out the DVD of our stand here with Lee Hample. <laughs> yeah, this guy yeah. right here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got to do, obviously, an investigation of his property. Super cool. And, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of evidence down there as well, but I don't think it's a maned wolf. Yeah, I, I <laughs> assumed there was something more paranormal after there's, hearing some of his stories. There's a lot of weird things with the dog man where people claim that they're one-dimensional. One-dimensional? Like flat. Like a cardboard cutout of them. That, that kind of reminds me of uh, the, the apparitions I saw. The, like the, the one that was like the Loveland Frog and the yeah. little boy. They kinda, that's how I would describe them. Like they're almost like 
flattish, and then like the sides of them were kind of moving. Like you ever watch? Uh, I hate to say like Ed and Eddie. You know how like the corners are moving. Well, for that animation, that's how the style was. It was a little similar to that, but let, like toned down, not as extreme. Like it was just like something that your eyes are having trouble processing. But yeah, flat. Huh. That's all the most of the sightings have been. Not most of them. No, I, I don't mean to say that that's what Dogman is, but I I have heard several. I would say probably ten, ten reports, at least of these things being like flat cutouts, and when they move, they still move like an animal, but they're only you know like was it two dimensional I guess, flat. So they they could be interdimensional. Mm -hmm. I do I do like that theory a lot. That would make sense as to why we never found a body too. Oh, there's a lot of we. That's a whole podcast as to why we don't find bodies. You know, there's a lot of animals that eat them. Porcupines eat the bones and stuff, and you know, even deer yeah. will eat bones if they they you know need the nutrients from it. So, yeah, that's that's true. There's a lot of herbivorous animals that have eaten uh, meat. I mean, there's footage of horses eating chicks, uh, giraffes eating just meat. Yep, it's crazy. Yeah. So, bodies. I, I've never found that as any really. Uh, uh, you know, point to die on as to far as you know whether or not these things exist or not. So, all right, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, do you do you have a paranormal group that you go out with? Like, is there a team or something? Do you have a website or anything? I know that you had um, a booth here today, right? Yeah, we haven't really formed a group yet. Um, okay. I've just been investigating with my friends uh, Mike and Anthony and uh, Jack whenever he's available, and. Um, we're trying to work on maybe starting a group. We're, we're going to see what happens. Um, I know there have been a couple names we've been floating around with, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, you could just message Jack if you have any, uh, or Paranormal Chicago. Paranormal if Chicago. If you ever want us to like, go on an investigation or want to contact us, yeah, that would be how to do it for now. So, and, and Paranormal Chicago it doesn't have a website, does it? I, I'm not sure I if it has a remember. website. I think it, it definitely has a Facebook. Yep. There's a Facebook group called Paranormal Chicago. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and put a link to it in the show, I think, uh, with right. the show notes, if I remember. And uh, definitely that. Otherwise, look up Jack Chavez, because uh, I know I know the link is in his, his episode that he was on. Uh, but yeah, he's got a Facebook group where he posts all his events and stuff. And uh, if you want to get a hold of you to uh, do some investigating down here in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. Yep. All right, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. You will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. If you enjoy our podcast or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wisconsincaps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. 
visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us.